and welcome to Revitalize the Everyday Audio Bible with me, your host, Lily Lincoln. Um, it's such an honour to be here with you today. We will be reading from Genesis 39 and looking in detail at the life of Joseph. How do we deal with dreams and visions from God that have not yet come to pass? Is Joseph like Christ? What happens if we grow impatient? How do we know God will fulfil his promise? And how do we deal with people that accuse us and mock us? And then I'll end with um, some encouragement for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this brand new day. I am so excited. Um, I'm excited because you do not fail. I'm excited because the Holy Spirit reveals things to us generously. I'm excited because you died on the cross for us. And I remember promising you in 2001 that if you did nothing else, that cross would always be enough. And I don't think, Father, I've been faithful to my promise, but you have indeed been faithful to yours in that you have never let me down. You've never let my husband down. You've never let my daughter down. You've never let my family down. I rely solely on you for my source of life, for my welfare. And Father, I thank you that even on the days where I'm discouraged, you do not discard me or ignore me, neglect or reject me. You hold me in your hand and you remind me with your still, small voice through the power of the Holy Spirit that nothing is impossible for you and you shall perform. It's impossible for you to do things that aren't good. And so I give this time over to you. Father, make me your worthy teacher. Um, Make me your worthy vessel as I share your word. I um, ask you, Holy Spirit, to to challenge me, to stretch me, that as people listen, may they be encouraged to to read your word, to draw close to you and develop an intimacy with you that um, doesn't make them exempt from challenges, but enables them to weather them through, as you are giving me the power to do now. Even though I don't understand many of the things that you do, Father, I will not doubt your goodness to me and to my family in Jesus name Amen Amen Genesis 39 After Joseph had been taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelites Potiphar an Egyptian one of Pharaoh's officials and the manager of his household bought him from them now as it turned out God was with Joseph and things went very well with him he ended up living in the home of his Egyptian master His master recognised that Joseph was with him, saw that God was working for good in everything he did. He became very fond of Joseph and made him his personal aid. He put him in charge of all his personal affairs, turning everything over to him. From that moment on, God blessed the home of the Egyptian, all because of Joseph. The blessing of God spread over everything he owned, at home and in the fields, and all Potiphar had to concern himself with was eating three meals a day, Joseph was a strikingly handsome man. As time went on, his master's wife became infatuated with Joseph and one day said, sleep with me. He wouldn't do it. He said to his master's wife, look, with me here, my master doesn't give a second thought to anything that goes on here. He puts me in charge of everything he owns. He treats me as an equal. The only thing he hasn't turned over to me is you. You're his wife after all. How could I violate his trust and sin against God? She pestered him day after day after day, but he stood his ground. He refused to go to bed with her. On one of these days, he came to the house to do his work, 
None of the household servants happened, servants happened to be there. She grabbed him by his cloak, saying, Sleep with me. He left his coat in her hand and ran out of the house. When she realised that he had left his coat in her hand and ran outside, she called to her servant, Look, this Hebrew shows up and before you know it, he's trying to seduce us. He tried to make love to me, but I yelled as loud as I could. With all my yelling and my screaming, he left his coat beside me here and ran outside. She kept his coat right there until his master came home. She told the same story and she said, The Hebrew slave, the one you brought to us, came after me and tried to use me for his plaything. When I yelled and screamed, he left his coat with me and ran outside. When his master heard his wife's story, telling him, These are the things your slave did to me, he was furious. Joseph's master took him and threw him into jail, where the king's prisoners were locked up. But there in jail, God was still with Joseph. He reached out in kindness to him. He put him on good terms with the head jailer. The jailer, the head jailer put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. He ended up managing the whole operation. The head jailer gave Joseph free reign, never even checked on him, because God was with him. Whatever he did, God made sure it worked out for the best. This is the word of the Lord. Now, just want to give you some background. The earlier story of Joseph, he is one of um, 12 and he is his father's favourite because his mother was his father's favourite and his father was his mother's favourite. And I shared with you briefly last week how favouritism and unforgiveness can actually be passed down as a curse through generations in the same way goodness and blessings and kindness and peace and um, marital faithfulness can be passed down through generations. And so unfortunately, Rebecca started a a habit of favouritism. She favoured Jacob and that ended up causing a rift um, for many years between Jacob and Esau, Israel and Esau. And then um, when Jacob was set to marry Rachel, he was tricked and cheated in the same way he tricked and cheated his brother and his father by um, Laban, um, Rachel's father, gave Jacob Leah in place of Rachel, but he did it in a deceitful way because in that time when a man and a woman consummated their marriage they were in a tent in darkness for privacy for sexual intimacy and um, Leah was put in place of Rachel and then when Jacob woke up he found out that he had actually married Leah and not Rachel and then had to work seven additional years for Rachel's hand in marriage so he absolutely adored Rachel Leah was reproducing at an alarming rate and gave Jacob many sons and a daughter. Rachel was barren and then the Lord opened her womb and she gave Jacob, Benjamin and Joseph. And so Joseph became his favourite along with Benjamin because they're the sons of Rachel, his beloved wife. So this backstory is really important because when Jacob lost Joseph, he was heartbroken and Joseph was cast out by his own brothers into slavery because they hated him so much because of his gifts, his dreams, and because of how his father loved him and also because of how Jacob loved Rachel and did not love um, his brother's mother in the same way. So um, some of this is speculative, but that is the backdrop for where we are now. So Joseph has been sold by his brothers the brothers that he grew up with, into slavery, and now he is in a a position of authority um, as a household manager in Potiphar's house, and he has been accused of rape. 
and he was not given an opportunity to explain himself because the man Potiphar rightly so took his wife's side over Joseph's side but his wife lied and so today the questions I'm asking you are how do you deal with dreams and visions from God that have not yet come to pass because Joseph had dreams that he would be in a position of authority and his brothers and his parents would be in a position of submission to his authority now last week we spoke briefly about what do you do when you're given those kind of dreams is it right to lord it over people i would 100 percent say no because unless someone shares in your vision with god from god it's very very difficult for them to understand or receive or believe it so i would say if you have been given a dream from god that has not yet come to pass i'm saying this from experience keep it to yourself the Holy Spirit is your confident um, counsellor and friend and Lord. So keep your dreams to yourself the way you would protect um, early pregnancy. The second question is, is he like Christ? So Joseph, as a young man, I don't feel that he resembled Christ because he was incredibly arrogant. And we know that the Lord Jesus Christ was completely without sin. He knew no sin. He committed no sin. He had no sin. Okay, and he was not born into sin. He was not born from the seed of a man. So therefore, he did not have that seed gene in him the way we do. Okay, so Joseph was not like Christ in his earlier days because he was unable to walk in humility. And Christ walked in perfect humility, perfect love, perfect faithfulness because he was God and also man. But what I will say is that Joseph's level of excellence, the Bible says Jesus grew in favor with God and man. Joseph grew in favour with God and man. It says here in verse um, 23, 19 to 23, in the message translation, but there in the jail, God was still with Joseph and reached out in kindness to him and put him on good terms with the head jailer. And then right at the end, whatever he did, God made sure it worked out for the best. So in that respect, there is a little comparison that... Joseph, in spite of his challenges, in spite of the fact that he'd been cast into prison by his brothers, um, into slavery by his brothers brothers, and then in prison by Potiphar, he still had the favour of God. And later on, we'll find out exactly why I believe that Joseph represents to us a type of Christ, because he was in a position as a type of saviour, because he brought resolution for the impending famine in Egypt and provided abundantly for his father in his old age and for all of his brothers and their relatives the next question i asked you what happens if we grow impatient now this is a tricky one because i'll be really honest with you my natural inclination always leads towards impatience part of that is generational we are in a a modern age where we can put food in a microwave that can be ready within three to five minutes we can book a taxi that will arrive in three to five minutes we can order food that comes to our house within 10 minutes so when we pray and we don't get things that we want in three to five minutes i automatically become impatient and i would really encourage you that if this is your lean if this is your bend ask holy spirit to help you to be patient now i'm saying this not because i've learned the lesson but because this is something I'm walking through now and um, it's impossible for God to lie. So you have the unfulfilled promise or dream, you have your reality that you're living now and then you have the fulfillment of the promise. And in all those dark places where there may be tears and sorrow and long dark days, Holy Spirit will come alongside you and strengthen you for you to be patient. Fourth question. How do we know God will fulfill his promise? 
Now let me tell you something about God. He has been fulfilling his promise from the beginning of time. He fulfilled his promise to Adam and Eve. He gave them dominion. But Adam and Eve broke their covenant with God by falling into sin. They did. And that's why they were cast out of the Garden of Eden and then had to labor and sweat and and struggle. But God never broke his promise. God kept his promise. God gave them commands. Now this you shall not do. And they went against what God had asked them to do. In the same way, I believe God has kept all of his promises to me. But there have been many occasions where I have been disobedient. Now, disobedient does not always equal murder. People always rank sins. Oh, well, you know, this person's a murderer, so they're really, really bad. This person only lies once a week, so they're not as bad. Murder, lying, and stealing, and hatred, and envy, illicit sex, adultery, fornication, they're all the same colour to God. In the same way that the blood in my body is red, the blood in your body is red. It's the same. God does not rank sins. And I tell you why. Anytime we miss the mark, we've sinned against God. So if I say to somebody, look, I promise I'll pay you before the end of the day and I don't do it, I've sinned because I've missed the mark. I was not honest. If I decided to, to kill somebody, I've missed the mark. But it's not any better or any worse than if I lie don't pay my taxes, cheat, um, steal, hate, and you know, if I'm envious or jealous, it's exactly the same. So I would say to you that even though human beings do not have a a track record of faithfulness, the Lord God, God Almighty has been faithful since the beginning of time. And if you read the end of the book in Revelation, we win. And so it's impossible for God to deny and fail himself. The issue that we have is believing. And this is something that I am being challenged with right now. God is saying to me, what do you really believe? Now, I believe God is good and I believe God is faithful and I believe God is kind. I believe that he's omnipotent. I believe he's everywhere all the time. I believe he knows everything. But my struggle, and this is me being really honest with you. I'll let you in on a secret. My struggle is, will he do it? Now, there's no question about if he can. The question is, if he will. And so my encouragement to you today is not to worry about if God can do something. There's no issue. But maybe your challenge is wondering if he will. Will God be good to me even though I've made so many mistakes? Will God give this thing to me before the time runs out? Will God fulfill his promise even though people may be looking at me or you laughing, accusing, lying, saying bad things about you, gossiping about you. Will God do the thing he promised he would do? So I'm not God, but I'm a child of God. And I'll tell you now, there's something that I got asked God for when I was 16 years old. Just one thing. One thing. And God didn't give it to me at the time that I asked. But he has proven himself faithful every single day since August the 18th, 2001. And now I'm saying this to you because I remember a very, very interesting conversation. I remember speaking to somebody, this was a long time before I got married, speaking to somebody about marriage and the person laughed and said to me, well, you'll never be able to get married. And I I was shocked because this person was very close to me. I was angry because of what they'd said, but I also then went and spoke to God. I said, Father, I said, is this true? 
I took it to God in prayer because I was so embarrassed and so offended and so heartbroken. And the Lord said to me about himself, I am the one who fulfills promises, not man. And so my encouragement to you is this, no matter if people have laughed at you, said you'll never have children, you'll never be rich, you'll never be established, you can never hold on to money, you'll never conceive, your hair will never grow, you'll never lose weight. I tell you now, the Lord himself fulfills his promises. Now, I don't know what the promises of God in your life are because I'm not you. But I do believe that the Lord is unable to do anything outside of his word. And his word reveals his glory and his greatness. Now, I'm saying this not because I have arrived. I still have promises that are yet to be fulfilled in my own life. However, however, I will stand on this one thing. If God can be with Joseph in prison, God can be with me in my challenges now. If God can be with Joseph in Potiphar's house, God will be with me and you in our situation right now. If God can raise Jesus Christ from the dead, and bring salvation to all of mankind, rotten, ungrateful mankind that we are, the Lord will surely fulfill the promise that he has given to you. Now, how do I know? Of course I don't know, but I do have faith. And I woke up this morning and the Lord challenged me and he said, Lou, where is your faith? What do you believe? Who do you say that I am? And I say that the Lord is strong and mighty. The Lord is mighty in battle, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. And so my encouragement to you today is to start again. And by starting again, I'm saying to you, say out loud to God, Father, I asked you for something that you have not yet done. Can you help me to believe? Help my unbelief. And the Lord will not let you down. Let's pray. Father, I'm so, um, I'm challenged and I'm encouraged. I'm, I'm discouraged and I'm <laughs> happy all at the same time. But I promised you that I would never, ever stop telling people about your word and about your goodness in spite of how I felt. And I want to thank you because you surely are a good and a kind God. And I remember the encouragement that my husband gave to me. And he said, don't just look at what you don't have. Look at what we do have. And so today, Father, I declare to you before the nations that I'm so glad for what we already have. And according to your will and according to your purpose and according to your glory, you will release the increase to us when you desire. But I want to say to you, Father, to forgive me for my unbelief and forgive those listening for their unbelief. And today I declare that you surely will do the things that you've promised to do. And I believe you. Holy Spirit, you are my friend and my guide. And as this word goes forth unto the earth, to the ears and hearts of mind of women and mums and fathers and sons and daughters, I ask you on their behalf to perform. Not because my name is great, but because the name of the Lord Jesus will not be mocked. And the Lord himself will not be mocked. And the Lord, you, you the Lord cannot lie. Have your perfect way. And would you do the things that you promised that you would do, but help us to believe you, not only that you can, but also that you will. You are my only God and you are my King. 
And I lay this platform before you for your namesake, that the word of God will be preached to the ends of the earth every day until you call me home, that your name will be glorified on high, but also that these people would become your people. I thank you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm going to hand you over to Naya, who will lead you in a prayer of salvation. Please listen to each line and repeat um, after her. Thank you, Naya. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me and giving me, and forgiving me of my sins so I can have a personal relationship with you. I am sincerely sorry for the mistakes I've made and I know I need you to help me live right. Your word says in Romans 10 verse 9, if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I believe you are the Son of God and I confess you as my Saviour and Lord. Take me just as I am and work in my heart, making me the person you want me to be. I want to live for you, Jesus, and I am so grateful to, grateful to you for giving me a fresh start in the new life with you today. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Naya <laughs> and Jaden. Now, if that was your first time praying the prayer of salvation, we would like to warmly welcome you into the family of God. It's the best decision that you'll ever make and um, <laughs> I would like to encourage you to join your local church online, read your Bible every single day, listen to music that glorifies God, surround yourself with um, other believers, like-minded people, people proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and just remember that you are absolutely loved and so valued and you made the best decision today to follow Christ. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.